The message you are listening to was recorded by Campus Outreach for the 2017 New Year's Conference. More information about New Year's Conference can be found at newyearsconference.com. Um, so, my name is Connor Dimmick. I'm on staff uh, with Campus Outreach actually, at Eastern Illinois University. And uh, this is my fifth year on staff. Just got married to my lovely wife, Hannah, a year ago. So, we just celebrated our one month. Uh, <laughs> 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 Crazy, it's trippy. Our one year about a month ago. Um, and uh, she's the bomb. And so uh, I'm really excited to be talking about int- intimacy with Christ. I think just this topic uh, might be a little biased, but I really do think matters just as much as maybe more than any other topic on the planet. I think it has everything to do with what we were created for um, and just what our purpose is. And so I'm guessing you guys are here because you have a relationship with Christ and you're really wanting to grow deeper. You're wanting to grow more intimate with Christ, um, which is an awesome thing. Um, and so before we dive in um, or get in too deep, I'd like for you guys just to take a second to take a little personal inventory just about where you're at. And so what I'm going to have you guys do is um, the top of your outline there. Um, also, if you are just walking in, here's some outlines. Um, but at the top, it says intro. And just below that, I'm going to have you guys take about a minute. Um, just to think through and kind of assess where you would say you're at, um, right now spiritually, just with God, like if you were to take, um, yeah, just a minute to write down the top three words that come to mind to describe your relationship with God, uh, coming to this conference. Um, so it could be, man, deep, rich, joyful, or maybe it's after a couple of weeks on break, you're kind of feeling like numb or apathetic or blah, you know, or it could be a mixture of both. And so anyway, I just want you guys to take a second, uh, take inventory of where you're at. And then uh, we'll move on. Where's it? Straight away in the back. Um, Yeah, I think we're going to need more. Okay, cool. Hey, if you guys are just walking in, there's some handouts there in that back chair. Oh, yeah, right. Spot on. Perfect. So what we're doing also, if you're just walking in, we're just taking a quick inventory of kind of where you're at in your relationship with God. So just writing three words to describe um, what your relationship with God is like right now. What was I thinking starting on time? This is a college conference. Should have waited a few minutes. What's up, guys? There's some handouts there in the back. <clears throat> All right, so... For the sake of personal vulnerability, I did this uh, myself just a couple days ago to kind of take some inventory of where I'm at. So just to kind of bring you guys into my world, I said content, wanting, and eager. Um, and when I say content, I don't mean it in like the good way, like Man, I'm just satisfied in God, everything's good. It felt more like kind of a kind of plateaued kind of content, like yeah, just kind of complacent with where I'm at. Um, almost like, man, I've been walking with God for a little bit. I've read through the Bible multiple times and like what more is there for me to learn just kind of feeling like yeah I'm doing my devotions but I don't know it just has felt kind of dry over the last couple weeks of break um and so that led to kind of the wanting and the eager because I think I'm coming into this conference feeling like man it's like my eighth new year's conference or something like that and God's been really gracious just to use these a lot in my life and so I'm wanting this to be kind of like a defibrillator on my heart just to like wake me up to the reality of who God is again and just to be in awe of him um, and so I'm saying that to you guys just to let you know, like, I'm not like on top of this mountain, like throwing a rope down to you guys, like, here, come reach me where I'm at in my journey with intimacy with Christ. I feel much more like I'm in the climb with you guys, like in the trenches, 
Um, breaks just never feel like they're awesome. Um, for my walk with God, I feel like getting out of routine is just always a challenge. And so um, I'm really excited to be here and I'm, I'm wanting God to kind of like shock my heart back into this. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and pray for us and then we'll get into the bulk of the talk. <clears throat> so Father, uh, God, we do thank you um, so much uh, for bringing us here uh, for these few days in Milwaukee. And um, God, I just do confess that I don't desire you um, like I ought to and um, as Muchi was talking about last night, God, just there should be just an awe and a wonder um, at who you are. And um, I just confess that there's so many other things I think um, I feel myself being drawn to. And um, God, we, we want to know you, want to be deep and close um, and have just a rich relationship with you. And uh, God, you've created us for that. You've wired us for intimacy um, with yourself. And so I pray that you just be gracious to us. Uh, during this time, God, I pray that you would deal with my soul even as I'm talking through these things. I thank you so much for in your sovereignty um, assigning this talk to me because I needed um, uh, just time to pray through this stuff and to think through it. So I pray that you would use it just in each of our lives, God, and you really would help us uh, just to have deep, thriving relationships with you. And uh, ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, alrighty, so I'm going to guess that um, most of you guys, if not all you guys, probably know someone um, who maybe like started off, it seemed like really passionately, zealously in their relationship with God, um, and over the years just kind of like didn't either didn't continue to sow to their relationship, or somewhere just kind of got burned out, and maybe they don't even go to church anymore, or maybe they do, but they're just kind of like just numb and cynical, or just, eh, I show up to this because I have to. Um, and I think the scary thing is that that's like a real possibility for us in this room. Um, Hebrews warns us in chapter 3, take care, brother. So the author of Hebrews, is he's writing to people he thinks are Christians. And he says, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as, as, long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Um, and so there really is a real danger that we could be hardened, that we could become numb and apathetic in our relationship with God. Um, and so we encourage us like to swim upstream, to fight against this. Uh, and so I would say, I think intimacy with Christ matters, um, for three main reasons. Um, one is like I just said in Hebrews, like we are warned to be on guard against being hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. We, we need to be on guard against that. Um, two, this is kind of in line with that same thing, but in Philippians, uh, we're exhorted to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Um, I think what that's kind of saying is like, man, our relationship with Christ, having intimacy with him doesn't just happen. Like it requires us to really sow to this thing aggressively to be intentional. Um, and so what we're going to talk about today is like, man, what, what on our part, what do we need to be doing, um, to really be sowing to our relationship with Christ? Um, and then finally, probably the most importantly, is that I just think God's glory is at stake um, in our relationship with him. <clears throat> and so kind of an example of that <clears throat> would be with my wife, like, this is kind of this is a rhetorical question, but uh, do you think, like, man, on our 50th wedding anniversary, that she would be pumped if I, all I could say was, like, gosh, I don't know how in the world we made it here, like, somehow we're still together. It's like, no, she's not going to be pumped about that. Like, she wants to hear me saying, like, gosh, these have been, like, the 50 most wonderful years of my life. Like, for sure, we went through hard things, um, fought through a lot of trials, and just had some difficult times. But, man, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Like, this has been the most amazing journey of my life. Like, that is going to honor her so much more. And I just think it's the same in our relationship with God. Like, he doesn't want us 
just to make it, just to be somehow still going to church, even though we're thinking, gosh, I could have done so many other things with my life. Like, he wants us together and be like, gosh, these have been like the 50 most amazing years. I don't know, I keep coming up with 50, whatever, <laughs> in your life. These have been the most amazing years of my life, and even though I've gone through hard things and trials and setbacks with God, like, I wouldn't trade it for anything. This really is, like, Jesus is my treasure. Um, and he looks good, if that's what we're saying um, at the end of our lives. And so that's kind of <clears throat> the end goal of where I want this all to be headed. I'm going to give you guys a lot of practicals on, like, the here and now, how to start sowing to that. But that's the aim, is that, man, at the end of your life, you're going to be that person who's like, gosh, I just love Jesus infinitely more than I did, even, whatever, 50, 60, 70 years ago. Um, and so that's kind of where we're headed. And so the way that I'm going to go through this is uh, using um, the analogy that, uh, or one of the analogies that the Bible gives us in our relationship with God is that um, Ephesians 5 talks about how our relationship with Christ is, um, or sorry, the marriage relationship is a picture of Christ's relationship with us. Um, And so that main question there on your handout is, how does any marriage grow to be healthy, strong, and vibrant? How does any marriage grow to be healthy, strong, and vibrant? Um... And so I really think the things um, that we can learn about a marriage uh, are going to give us just a ton of insights into our relationship with Christ. He's made us to be relational beings. Um, and so and I haven't been married for super long, but in a year I feel like I've learned uh, some things that really have helped in our relationship a lot. Um, and I think they do just carry right over into our relationship with God. So there's going to be four things we go through. Um, the first is spending time together every day. Spend time together every day. So, Hannah and I spend, uh, we set aside two hours every day uh, to be with each other just on a normal weekday or whatever. And so, that's like, I mean, we spend more time together than that. But that's like set aside, like, hey, I'm not trying to do other work, whatever. We're just hanging, kicking it, like sewing to our relationship. Um, And it is amazing how much that really does, like, help our relationship flourish it's it's i was adding that it's like man this is less than 10 percent of the day but um doing this day in day out really matters so much to us really being on the same page and um just knowing what's going on in each other's lives and being close and i think um there's just so much of this i'm gonna share a couple passages that i think kind of hint towards this same thing in our relationship with god uh in john 15 verse 4 through 6 jesus says abide in me and i in you As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Um, And so Jesus is just saying, like, man, our relationship with him really is, like, Vine and branches, like that is extremely close. That's an intimate relationship. He's calling us to be a part of that. And he's saying, if you are not abiding in me, if you're not taking time every single day to sow this relationship, like the trend there is moving towards being thrown away, withering and dying. Like a relationship with Christ can't thrive if you're not abiding in him. And so Jesus is calling us like, man, every day, sow to this relationship. Um, And Jesus himself, even when he's walking around on earth, uh, like he's God in the flesh. And yet, Mark one thirty five, um, we're told, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Um, I think, and that's just always been amazing to me. Like, if you know the context of what's going on in Mark 1, Jesus has just been, the night before, staying up super late. He's in Capernaum. 
all the people from the town are bringing their like sick and diseased and demon possessed, and he's just healing people super late into the night. Um, and I mean, obviously, we're experiencing probably some late nights here at conference. And one thing you don't want to do is get up super early and then alarm clock goes up. <laughs> but it's like, man, Jesus is just like, dude, before the crack of dawn, before the sun's even up, he's like, man, I got to get time with my father. This matters so much. And I just think it's just got to be so evident to us. Like, if Jesus needs that time, uh, and he's God, then how much more do we need that time every single day? Um, and, uh, yeah. And so I think there's a quote, uh, from a book that him and I were reading. Well, a lot of people from our camps are reading this past semester called the praying life. Um, uh, it's in the bookstore, shameless plug. Uh, and Paul Miller's author, he says, we don't create intimacy. We make room for it. Um, I think that's been so cool. Like intimacy isn't something that just kind of like happens with a snap of a finger that you just kind of like, let me just try hard today and hopefully I'll be really close with Jesus, you know, for the rest of my life because I tried hard that one day. Um, but intimacy is created when we just spend time with someone like day in, day out, we're just spending a lot of quality time together. And so um, I think it's the same as that we need to set aside time that we carve out to spend with God um, on a daily basis. And, uh, and I think just kind of going back to the marriage picture is like, if I spent as much time with Hannah as the average professing Christian spends with God, like our relationship would probably consist of us talking for about 30 seconds before each meal that we eat, maybe a minute or two before we go to bed, and then we'll hang out in a group setting for an hour on Sunday. You know, it's like, if that was my relationship with Hannah, our marriage would just fail miserably. I don't think we'd make it uh, probably even a year. Um, and yeah, like so many people are like, man, I just wish I was closer with God, but I don't know. You know, it's like, well, you just can't build a deep relationship spending 30 seconds together every day. Like, it really does take time that you'd sow to this. And so I have no idea where you guys are in terms of having, like, a consistent devotional life. Um, but I do know that if you do not cultivate this habit, it will be impossible for you to have anything more than a surface relationship with God. Um, and, yeah, I say that also thinking, like, man, God is He's really gracious with us, and he's ready to meet us where we're at. And so if that means like that tomorrow you wake up and you spend 10 minutes with God, like I think that can be a win. Like the main thing, consistency is the key is the next point um, is that if you right now are spending no time with God, like set a goal to start spending 10 minutes with God every day and just be consistent with that. Be faithful with that. And I think over time you're just going to find like, gosh, I just want more time with God. Like and it's going to move to 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. Um, but I really do think consistency has been the thing that just matters so much. Um, and, and one more thing before I move on to the second one is just, just to acknowledge, like, I think it's just difficult. It's one thing to just say that right now, like, oh yeah, just, okay, cool, I could do that. Um, but it is going to take a lot of sacrifices. Um, you'll wake up, you will wake up some days, possibly most days when that alarm goes off and you're just going to be more tempted to like, oh, gosh, just snooze that. I'm tired. Let me sleep in. Um, I think anxiety will tell you that you need to be productive. Like, you have to get moving. You have stuff to get done. You can't just sit quietly for a half hour or for an hour. Like, you've got stuff to do. Um, or your phone will keep buzzing and chirping and flashing at you, like, urging you to pay more attention to it than to Jesus. And so I think there's just, there's going to be temptation from the outside to get away from this. There's going to be your own desires and uh, feelings and everything just wanting to pull you away from it. Um, but I'm telling you that doing this consistently really will change your life. Um, it, it's such a simple thing, and you've probably heard it plenty of times about just spending time reading God's Word in prayer, but uh, you keep hearing it because it really does matter that much. Um, so that's number one. Spend time together every day. 
The second one uh, is a fun one. Have a date night once a week. Um, yeah, have a date night once a week. So, uh, again, for Hannah and I, we made it our aim to have a date night once a week. For us, it's typically Saturday nights. And this is a time where I'm just like putting my phone on do not disturb. We're not even bringing it with us. I'm kind of just like pressing pause on life in general. And we're just spending like an extended chunk of time together where it's just us getting quality time. And a lot of times there's like creativity involved just to make it more special and more fun. And so we've done a bunch of random things. We've gone kayaking together. We've made gingerbread houses a couple weeks ago. We've, what else have we, I wrote down some data. We've made a, built a coffee table together, painted pictures on a canvas. Just like different things to kind of just like make it really fun. Um, but, and I would also say this, we haven't been perfect at it. There's a stretch this past semester where we were traveling like three or four weeks in a row and on weekends, we just didn't have a date night in there. And um, I could just tell like we were, I don't know, just missing each other. We are off a little bit. There's just kind of some more tension. And so I think I could just tell that it was taking a toll on our relationship. Um, and so we've been a lot more faithful, I think, <laughs> with that since that stretch. Um, and it really does help. And uh, the same idea really does apply to Jesus, whether you want to call it a date night or Sabbath or extended time with Jesus or whatever name you want to give it. I think just having a time once a week where you're setting aside like an extended chunk of time to be with him, again, to put all the distractions away, to not um, have your attention pulled away by different things matters so much. And uh, I had somebody in my sophomore year of college challenge me to do this, and it just changed my life that year and so I just have continued to do that um up until now in my life and I don't plan to stop um and so uh okay so looking um is there any like biblical backing for this um I think in Mark chapter 6 we get a little picture of at the start of this chapter uh Jesus sends out the 12 disciples and um he sends them on mission he's like okay you guys are finally ready to go start like preaching the kingdom of heaven is a hand, repent, go cast out demons, go heal people. So he sends them out to all these towns. Um, time goes by, I don't know how much time, whatever, but at the end of chapter six, um, they come back to Jesus and they're like telling him about it and everything. And what he says to them is, hey, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. And so Jesus is all pumped for them to be having ministry and that's an awesome thing, but he's like, okay, hey guys, it's time for us to pull away. Just come hang with me. Let's get some downtime. Let's just chill because this is what like, it's about a relationship with me. And I think um, there's so many times where we can like just get caught up in thinking that Christianity is about what can I do for God? Um, and it's not, we, we just start to miss the main thing, which Jesus is the main thing. It's about being in a relationship with him and um, good works are for sure going to flow out of that. Um, but apart from really investing in a relationship with him, we're going to miss that. Um, and I think another picture of that is in Luke 10. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with the story of Mary and Martha, basically, uh, Jesus gets invited over to this, um, these sisters house, Mary and Martha, and Martha's running around like trying to clean up the kitchen and make the meals and get the house all swept and clean, ready for the guests and stuff. And, um, Jesus arrives and Mary's just chilling, hanging with Jesus, just sit sitting at his feet, listening to his teaching. And, uh, Martha comes in all huffing and puffing. She's like, Jesus, what the heck? Like, tell Mary to help me. Like, she's supposed to be doing all this stuff with me. And uh, Jesus responds uh, to Martha, and he says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Um, <clears throat> and so we just see, like, Jesus isn't like, yeah, what the heck, Mary, you lazy bum, like, go help her out. You know, he's like, no, this, this is what I want. Like, I've created you to be in a deep relationship with me. Like, Martha, 
stop being so anxious, like slow down, <laughs> just come hang out with me. That's what I, what I want the most. Um, and so, yeah, I think uh, same thing for us. When we begin to make the shift in our minds that we think Christianity is about doing things for God, we're just completely missing what this is about. Um, and so the two subpoints under the, the date nights dealio is be intentional and be creative. <clears throat> be intentional and be creative. So like my relationship uh, with Hannah, I think for date nights for us, it's like, man, I need to have that thing on the calendar so that I don't plan other things around that. I think same for you guys. Like if you're going to have some sort of extended time with Jesus, it's got to go on your calendar and it's got to be like, man, I've got an appointment here. Like I, I don't just cancel this for whatever willy nilly thing comes along. Um, and you really do need to, to guard that block of time. Um, but then the creative part is, uh, like I was saying, just day nights with Hannah, there's the more creative new ideas, new activities, whatever we do together, just the more fun they've been. And so there really are just a ton of different things, uh, that you can do in your relationship with God. And so I'm going to throw just a bunch of them on the board and then, um, just leave them up there. You guys can feel free to copy any of them down, all of them down. Um, uh, but they've been fun things that I've partaken in. So, uh, you can go on a prayer walk, <clears throat> listen to worship music, uh, sing or play guitar if that's your jam. Um, read larger chunks than normal from the Bible. Like you can just sit down and read a whole book of the New Testament or read 10 chapters from a gospel. Uh, you can work at memorizing a few new Bible verses, pray through a psalm, um, journal, or you can reread old, reread old journals and just be reminded of God's faithfulness in your life. Uh, listen to a sermon. You could read a refreshing Christian book, um, write poetry, uh, or you could even write some rap. This was, that sounds like a joke. Uh, maybe. Uh, but I did this uh, somewhat recently um, in one of my extended times with Jesus. just sounded fun. And uh, <laughs> it was actually pretty awesome. I, was, I don't know if the rap was awesome, but it was really fun doing it. Um, and so I started writing, it's kind of like a poem, sort of a rap, like through the Bible. I'm trying to just work my way through it. And so... I've gone from Genesis to somewhere in Exodus right now, and uh, this is solely for the sake of giving you guys more time to write some of these down, um, but I figured I'd share a little bit of it, more vulnerability here. Um, it's more like a spoken word than a rap, but it starts off slow and then it picks up a little bit. So this is in Genesis. Um, Say, so from Adam's seed will come one who will crush the head of the serpent. In Isaiah, we find out this guy is referred to as the suffering servant. What does it all mean? It's so much to explain. Hang in a little longer and I'll make it all plain. That's where it, that's where it picks up a little bit. <laughs> all right. After Adam comes Cain, whose jealousy drives him insane, brings an offering of grain, then starts to come plain, plays the blame game that Abel gets slain. Man continues his campaign of hating God's reign. There's so much pain, God's image profaned. The Lord brings the rain, absolutely no restraint. Puts it in Noah's brain to build the ark main. Whole earth gets drained. Only Noah's fam remains. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. they do this thing in poetry. Yeah, that makes me feel good. I forced you to do it. I don't know if it counts. But uh, anyway, it's been kind of fun to like, I don't know, just slow down and like, it's made me think longer about passages from Genesis and Exodus because I'm like trying to come up with cool rhymes and whatnot. But I'm just kind of like soaked it up in ways that I hadn't before. And so... The point of all that is there's just a ton of different things. You guys can be way more creative than I could. Um, but there's a lot of different things you could do to really sow your relationship with Christ and to keep it fresh. Um, and again, like I date my wife every week because I love her and I want to continue to love her well until I'm 80 or 90 or Jesus comes back. Um, anywhere in there. Um, and so I think just the same thing. If, if your relationship with Christ matters to you, like 
it really does matter that you would set aside like big chunks of time uh, on a weekly basis to guard and be with him. And so, yeah, I think that's the application that's uh, up there. Yeah, just carve out a uh, three to four hour block of time once a week just to get away and get alone with Jesus. Um, and again, I think if you're not used to that, like that's going to feel like a really big chunk of time at the start. But um, the more you so do it faithfully, I think the more it's just going to be like, gosh, this is, this is awesome. Um, so that's number two. Uh, number three, uh, enjoy each other and life together. Enjoy each other and life together. And there's three subpoints under this. Um, the first one is to delight in the other person. Delight in the other person. So Psalm 37.4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Um, and it, yeah, I just want to encourage you guys to think about this verse for like two seconds. I feel like so many people misinterpret this and just be like, oh man, if I make God my number one priority, he'll give me the girl of my dreams or the, the job I want or um, whatever, scholarship, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but if you think about it, it's like, if you're delighting in the Lord, like, what do you think the desire of your heart is? It's the Lord. Like, that's what you're delighting in. That's what your desire is. Um, and so it's basically saying when you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desire of your heart, which is more of him. Um, which is really a cool promise. I think Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen kind of echoes it as well. He says, when, or, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And so there's this um, kind of pursuit where God's inviting us in. Like, hey, if you're seeking after me, like, you're going to find me. I'm going to reveal myself to you. Um, and so come and, like, delight in me. Um, it's been cool that Moochie's been uh, just talking so much about, like, the attributes of God and, like, just encouraging us to kind of slow down and take time just to think about his attributes and think about, gosh, what would it be like if God wasn't like that? Oh, that would stink. You know, it's just been refreshing. I think um, one thing that I've done personally that's been really helpful is I've set up this like prayer card system where um, for each day of the month, I have a different attribute of God and then like a verse from the Bible that describes that attribute. And so um, on a daily basis, whenever I'm pulling it out, I just get to be reminded of a different attribute of God and I get to kind of, I don't know, just think through it, pray through it. Um, it's been really refreshing for me. I think apart from that, I can drift towards just asking God, asking God, asking God for things. But, um, it's been helpful to just kind of pull myself back towards like, man, how about just sit and be in awe of who God is, um, along with the asking. So that's been super helpful for me. Um, and I think this bleeds over into evangelism as well. Like when you're just really excited and, um, I don't know, just amazed by someone or something, you like can't help but tell other people about it. Uh, an example of this earlier this year there's a student from our campus who uh, found out that McDonald's was running this promotional on Cubs Cardinals tickets for $11 a piece which is awesome um, and it was like this is just a couple months after like the Cubs won the World Series we're like oh this is amazing and so uh, this guy was just running around telling everyone on our campus and was all pumped about it because he's like this is amazing this deal's incredible I can't shut up about it and uh, so I took him up on it and it was an awesome game um but I think just the reality is, like, the more that you're just amazed by who God is and enjoying him, and, like, it's incredible. It's, it's going to fuel evangelism in your life, which is a totally other talk. But just what you know, like, that's, that's totally in there. Um, and, okay, so that was the end of that set point. Uh, second set point is to celebrate together. Celebrate together. And, yeah, I just to encourage you guys, like, celebrate when God answers prayers. Celebrate when he allows you to see... Um, just victory over sin in your life. Celebrate when he's doing cool things on your campus or in your family or um, other friends. Like, celebrate. Just rejoice in these things. I'm going to throw up just a, a bunch of um, verses. Like, the Psalms are just 
covered with commands that we would rejoice in the Lord and celebrate. And um, I'm not going to spend much time on these. I'm just going to kind of fly through them. But I mean, just listen to these. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Uh, let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing for joy. Be glad in the Lord. Rejoice. Shout for joy. May all who seek you rejoice and be glad. Let the earth rejoice. Let the coastlands be glad. Uh, let us rejoice and be glad um, in the day that the Lord has made. And those are just a couple that just popped up uh, really quick when I did a little Google search on joy and stuff in the Bible. And it's like, man, this is it's just all over the place that God really does want us to be a people who celebrate and enjoy him. Um, and I think it's like so ironic um, and kind of crazy that we just go nuts over uh, when our favorite sports team wins the championship or when we get a good grade on a test or whatever. It's, um, it's, it's cool. Like I'm not saying, hey, just be stoic, whatever, when your team's winning. Uh, but I think the, the ironic thing or kind of the scary thing is when we do that with something so trivial and yet we don't celebrate the incredible things that God is doing, um, in our lives or in other people's lives. And so, um, maybe just like to give you guys some practicals of what that could look like. Uh, I love to celebrate with food. <laughs> it's a big one for me. And so, um, one semester, the <clears throat> discipleship group that I was in, uh, we challenged ourselves to memorize a chapter of the Bible. And by the end of the semester, we had it down. And so we went out and we celebrated with an all-you-can-eat buffet and it was amazing. Um, uh, or maybe like if you have an accountability partner, like Go out for ice cream if the person you're, like, sharing with has been struggling with something and they're starting to experience some victory and they're saying, like, celebrate that stuff. Praise God. It doesn't have to be food. I just like the food thing. Um, but, man, there's been times when I've been on a prayer walk just, like, I love going on prayer walks at night especially. Um, and there's just been, like, things that God's been bringing to mind, just really cool stuff uh, that he's been doing on campus. And I've, like, literally done, like, let's go, just, like, fist bump type things. It probably looks Super strange to anyone who's sitting on their front porch watching me or whatever, uh, if people still do that. But um, I don't know. I just think, like, there's got to be just it's things that are real to us that really do matter. We do that without thinking. We don't have to, like, I should rejoice that, you know, my team won the Super Bowl or whatever. You know, like, it just kind of happens. You're like, whoa, like that guy in the video, the Patriots. That was, <laughs> that was a form of worship, just to the wrong thing, you know. But we really should be like that um, in so many ways with God. And so I think just... Rejoicing and celebrating really does matter. Um, and then the third sub point there is to laugh together. <clears throat> laugh together. So if Hannah and I were only ever completely serious with each other, um, I think our marriage would probably feel more like a business relationship than a marriage. We're just kind of like, uh, I don't know, it's robotic. Um, so we laugh a lot. Um, but this is the case with any relationship. Like if I were to tell you, like, okay, just think about who, whoever your best friend is. I'm imagining that you probably have someone come to mind who you've laughed a ton with, joked with, teased with, probably peed your pants with, I don't know, just like, ah, this is great. Um, and uh, I'm not saying to pee your pants with God, I don't know what that would even mean. Um, but I think there's like, there's just something, that this is just real, um, when you laugh together with people, like that's just a part of like having a genuine, deep, fun friendship. Uh, and we see pictures of this uh, in the Bible. I think a lot of times this happens, in my life at least, it's been true, where I've been praying for something to happen that just seems like totally impossible, but praying anyway. And seeing God answer prayers like that, it's just like, no way you did that, God. And there's a picture of this in Genesis 21. <clears throat> Sarah, um, married to Abraham, getting super old. She's been asking for a child forever. Uh, finally gives birth at the age of 90. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. 
And she said, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. You can just imagine Sarah just praying like for years and years and years, God, please, just give me a son. And, um, and then God promises that he's going to give her a son. And sure enough, 90 years old, she has one. She's like, are you, no way. Like, anybody else seen it? Just kind of like blown away and like laughing and enjoying it. Um, and so one more totally self-deprecating story uh, of this in my life was, this is ridiculous. Uh, my freshman year of college, uh, I was in a Bible study with some guys, and we were going through a book that was kind of like exposing different areas of sin in our lives. And uh, God was really just convicting me a lot of pride that I'd seen in my life. Um, this is helping kill pride even tell this story. Um, but so I was just like convicted. I was like, man, I really need to be praying for this. So I just started praying that God would humble me, like just create, like probably harder than I'd ever prayed for anything in my life at that point, just consistently multiple times a day. Um, and towards the end of the week, uh, God answered that prayer in a really funny way is that I woke up one morning and I had wet the bed like so hard. This was freshman year of college. I lived, uh, I was in the top bunk. Thankfully, none of it that I'm aware of. <laughs> but I remember like, well, my first reaction was like, ah, oh, this is gross. But my second reaction really was like laughing, like, God, that is funny. What's more humiliating than wetting the bed when you're in college? Like, it never happened again that I'm aware of. Um, but it was just, I don't know, it's something I just continue to like laughing, like, that is crazy. Like, I need to be more careful how I phrase that, like, grow me in humility instead of humble me. I don't know. Um... But yeah, I don't know, just being able to laugh with God over different things that he's working in your life or the things that he's carried you through, um, I think really does matter. Um, so yeah, so that's the third one. Okay, the last uh, main point, and we're like in a long time, this will be the shortest one, um, but it's super, super important. It's to be on mission together. Be on mission together. And I think there's just, you guys probably all experience this, but there's just something about going through hard things together with other people as you're on mission together. And so think about different things like um, if you're a football player, this is, I don't know how well you guys can see that. It's a picture from Remember the Titans. Um, but if you're a football player, you've gone through like two days together, just the blood, sweat, and I don't know if there's tears in football, but, you know, uh, all that stuff. Like you really do just grow closer with guys through probably any sport, just the conditioning, that aspect. Um this could be for any degree. I just always picture nursing majors when I was in college. Like, you guys just, like, lived in the nursing building or in the library or whatever. And, like, I never saw you sleep. You're always just, like, drinking espresso and stuff. But they're in it together. They're, like, nursing majors just go hard and bond over all-nighters and coffee and studying just a ton of stuff. And um, that brings people together. Or maybe you think of shows like uh, Band of Brothers, just different guys who are in the trenches together in war. If you guys have seen any of that, it's like, man, that just... Again, brings people together. When you're focused on a mission, there's obstacles coming at you, and you guys just looking at each other like, hey, we're, we're in this thing. Um, or maybe my personal favorite, uh, Lord of the Rings. Um, you know, just like the fellowship that those guys have because, again, they're going through hard things together, like the relationships they have at the end um, are just phenomenal. And so, uh, again, and I would say, I would venture to guess that, like, the people that you thought of as your best friends for the, the laughing thing, um, whoever your best friend is, it's probably somebody who's walked through some pretty hard stuff um, with you. Again, that just creates so much intimacy. Um, it's been so good for me and Hannah just to be on mission together and to be going through different challenges at Eastern. And so again, I think the same holds true for our relationship with God, just that um, he invites us into mission with himself. He invites us into the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations. And 
and he promises all throughout scripture like there's going to be persecution there's going to be hardship there's going to be pushback um but when you continue just to stick with it and to like labor with god through that it really does grow you super close um with him so those are uh well i'll say are the main four i think if you sow to those four things faithfully um for years and years to come, I, I just really do believe that you're going to have a deep, thriving, vibrant relationship with God. Um, and so I'm just going to give you a few really quick things just about um, things that can hinder intimacy, and then uh, I'll close this out. And so, um, yeah, things that hinder intimacy. One, well, I would just say the fourth, not doing the four things that we just talked about. Um, any of those, I think, is going to kind of like squash some of your <clears throat> potential for intimacy. Um, Two, this may be the biggest one, but just doing things the other person hates. Um, so uh, as I've married to Hannah, I just learned different things about her. One thing uh, that I've learned, she uh, is not a fan of Jim Carrey. She thinks he's just creepy. I love Jim Carrey. I'm Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, that stuff is just hilarious to me. I like love quoting it and impersonating it. But I learned early on that it's just not a good way to love Hannah. She just like... It just creeps me out. And so I've learned to uh, kind of mostly, I think, <laughs> cut out uh, the Jim Carrey impersonations. Um, or another, one more thing. She also hates raspberry. You know that thing where you're like, kind of like, mm-hmm. whatever, come on, somebody, you know what I'm talking about? Is that what they're called? Raspberry, strawberry, something. Um, anyway, like, I found out she hates that stuff, and so I just don't do it. Like, But it, if you're just a thing, like, man, if I found that out about Hannah, and, like, every morning, I, that was how I woke her up, giving her a raspberry, like, she would have to, like, think, like, do you even care about me? Like, I've told you I hate this. Like, why would you continue to do it? You know, like, there would be some serious questions there, like, yeah, I don't know, kind of, if you really do love her and care about her. And so, learning things the other person hates and then not doing those things matters. And so, for God, it's like, God hates sin. Um, and sin is just going to drive a wedge in your relationship with God and just uh, destroy intimacy. And so, I think... Killing sin just has to be a major part of your um, walk in growing intimate with Christ. Um, and then the third thing, um, under what hinders, hinders intimacy, uh, this is kind of a specific one, but I would just say smartphones. And I know smartphones in and of themselves, uh, they're a neutral thing. Sorry, I'm blocking. Um, but, uh, and there really is potential for good to come from it. But like I was saying before, just the onslaught of chirps and flashes and red badge notifications all that stuff like it is just going to be competing with your attention um not just for god but for good relationships with other people like it it's just crazy even doing campus ministry over the last five years just how much more and more it happens where you're walking into a lunchroom and it's like 75 percent of people on there just they're all sitting at a table together but they're all on their phones and every once in a while somebody will look up and come back down it's like man it's just hard to have any kind of a real relationship with um people or god when that's the case and so um that would be a whole other talk. I'm sure you're talking about it in the technology one somewhere in that seminar. But uh, I really do think learning to have dominion over your phone and not vice versa is going gonna, gonna to matter a lot. Um, this past year, I've just learned to utilize the do not disturb function on my phone like crazy. Um, and it's been a big blessing for helping me able to focus when I'm with people or with God. So, um, yeah, summarizing it all up. Uh, cultivating intimacy includes spending time together every day having some sort of a date night or extended time with Jesus once a week, enjoying each other in life together, and being on mission together. Um, And so, yeah, I just think, like, 
Yeah, I just want you guys to picture like yourselves just years and years down the road again. Like, I want to be the guy who's in the nursing home and just still singing worship songs to Jesus and just pump. Like, can't shut up to my. I don't know if you have roommates or whatever in a nursing home, whatever, different people there. Like, I just can't shut up to them because I'm like, dude, I just love Jesus so much. I want them to know. And um, I don't know. I just want my relationship to be as, as zealous and passionate for Jesus. Um, that, but even like a deeper and more mature, rich um, joy in Him then, uh, than I do right now. And I want that for you guys as well. I don't want to just, I think we just have enough examples of people in the church who feel like they kind of just have petered out and just kind of were like apathetic they're still going to church but it's kind of going through the motions and that just doesn't have to be the case uh for you guys or for myself and so i really do want to encourage you guys to sow to these things um and last last thing before i pray i at the bottom there it says one main takeaway um i do want to give you guys just a minute here to look over whatever notes you took um and then just write down if there's if there's one thing that you really want to focus on taking away from this talk um go ahead and write that down and then After a minute here, I'll pray for us. Father, we do, uh, God, we thank you so much uh, for all the analogies that you've written into creation. Um, I just think the marriage analogy has just been uh, just so helpful for me over this past year just to see more and more, gain an understanding of what that means when you say you want to be in a covenant relationship with us um, and that we're going to get to enjoy that for all of eternity. And um, it is so cool that we get to um, just continue to sow to our relationship with you. I pray that you would grow us and and creativity and um, God, please just make us people who are just passionate and zealous for you, God. They're, we don't have to just, um, I don't know, succumb to, I feel like, again, to so many of the um, Americanized just versions of Christianity that we see where it just seems like um, it's just kind of an apathetic, like, yeah, you just go there on Sunday or whatever and check in, check out. Um, God, we really do want to have just deep, vibrant relationships with you where we're um, just sharing things, confessing things, and excited as you do things, we would celebrate and rejoice and tell other people about it. And uh, yeah, I just pray that uh, we would enjoy deep relationships with you, God, and that you would get much glory from it. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at newyearsconference.com.